Support for Pivot comes from BetterHelp. How do you know when your social battery is running on empty? Maybe you get a little snippy with your friends or perhaps Scott Galloway. Or maybe you just fantasize about canceling plans, creating one excuse after. You're fantasizing about me? No, 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 never. You're fantasizing about me. Again? Again? Not once. Not once. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Get off my ad right now. All right. Canceling plans, creating one excuse after another, why you have to stay in. I do that to Scott all the time. It's not easy to keep track of how much socializing is right for you. Therapy can help you build more awareness of what you need and when. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy with licensed professionals. Scheduling is convenient and finding a therapist suited to your style is quick and easy. And we all know Scott Galloway needs therapy. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash pivot today. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pivot. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway, and I'm here for you, Kara, because you're I, frustrated. I am so frustrated you're right frustrated. now. Okay, Same so more. I get an alert last night that I am among the people eligible for vaccines, right? Because mm-hmm. I had a pre-existing condition. They added people who have had strokes to it in D.C., and I had a mm-hmm. stroke many years mm-hmm. ago. And I was like, oh, yay, finally. And so I go to the website. Yay and I, for strokes. For, <laughs> for strokes. Yay for strokes. Thank you. Strokey wins. And, I, you know, I'm not old enough, but I'm getting close to that. I'm not 65. Oh, you're close, Kara. I'm close, you're but close. I'm not you're 65. You're so close to that old uh, I get age that. requirement. You're I get very, that. very close. Uh, nonetheless, I like get on the site, which sucks for like at least 10 minutes, right? Just it won't, you can't like, it's amazing that you can like get on Tinder and have someone at your house for some stuff uh, in two seconds and you can't get this. So I get on, um, I literally ordered Amazon stuff, ginger ale, and it arrived 14 seconds later. It's like this, just amazing how bad this this system is. And DC's apparently is pretty good. So I get on, I put everything in. It takes me like 10 tries to even get them. I'd go through CAPTCHA and all this other stuff, 10 tries to do it. I get to the end, I put my correct birth date in and and I say that I had a pre-existing condition. I list it, everything else. Keep saying I'm not 65. And on the website, it says or, not and, it says or very clearly. I took a picture of it. It's it's literally the most frustrating thing I've ever experienced. And I did, and then I'm now, uh, Amanda's downstairs on the phone. Uh, you know, I finally got through after not and hanging up on me 20 times. And I've been on 25 minute hold um, mm-hmm. to talk to them. It's just, I, I understand the crush of interest. Mm-hmm. But it was really like, and it was astonishing, like them telling you one thing and doing another. I know why people are so frustrated by this thing, but I was hopeful for a moment, Scott, that I could get my vaccine, but not to be, not to be. Well, a couple of things. One, it is it is a sad, sad story when you have to live the same life as everyone else. But two, <laughs> don't have to. Two, I do have to live. I'm like you. Two, no, you have more white privilege. No, you have more white yeah, privilege. Whatever. Anyways, uh, look, we. <laughs> 
In Israel, they put their best and brightest and basically everybody mm-hmm. into the military. In Britain, uh, they admire and respect people who go into government. And right. I think this all comes back to the same place. We need to restore faith and the resources that match that faith mm-hmm. in our government. Why aren't the brightest people out of MIT, Georgia Tech, and or kids from high school that show incredible aptitude mm-hmm. for technology, but perhaps aren't ready for college and want to take a gap year? Why isn't there a national service that gets them involved. I mean, this younger generation, It's yeah. this is an ageist thing to say, they just get technology better. They grew up with it. I don't know. They understand, uh, I, 100%, 100%. It was really interesting because now they Have changed. a 60-year-old explain Bitcoin to I you. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how if I was older or didn't know how to use a website and I'm really good at it, you'd be able to do it. That's really, you know, I'm sort of this white lady sitting in a... a you know, a mixed neighborhood in DC and good on the computer. And, and it's really, um, you know, it's just, if you were older, you didn't know, you didn't, lots of older people know how to use computers. Lots of different people know how to use computers, but if you didn't have a great computer ability, like forget it, just but forget that's, it. That's, that, that's my point. Yeah. And that is we need an investment. This is infrastructure. When, when you don't invest in the ability to create an interface with everybody that now interfaces with the world vis-a-vis a screen, phone. Or a phone. their ability to get a vaccination, and it has a national interest, that is infrastructure that is a government-run program. Yeah. And when you, have, when you don't have the resources, when you've underinvested, when you haven't maintained the bridge, the bridge is going to collapse when you need it the most. Yeah. And any reduction in infrastructure spending is nothing again but a transfer of wealth from the poor to the rich. Because who is most dependent upon infrastructure? Here's the bottom line. Yeah. You will figure it out. You will figure it out. I agree. The I kid agree. or the, s- the the 70-year-old person from a middle-income or lower-income home that's trying to figure out a way to get their, you know, them and their spouse registered may not figure it out. Yeah, I've heard tons of stories like that all through, like, friends. And the thing is, it, what's really interesting about it, it's not that just suddenly I just realized the infrastructure sucks. I've always known the infrastructure sucks. But it was sort of, it was interesting because I've been very careful to wait in line and make sure and, and stuff like that. And so it's a really... Um, I don't want again, again, then I'm like, I don't want to sound whiny, but I was in line. Like it said it. And then they just now, interestingly, on the website, changed it to and, even though it was very clearly or in a big black letter. You know what I mean? Like it was, it, it's, it, they just change it like very quickly. And so you don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's a very kludgy system. For, and, and I don't know what state, I'd love to know if people could write in what states really do well. Uh, this one is fine, but it's just typically kludgy. Just typically. You kludgy. know what state's doing really well around vaccinations? What? what? Israel. <laughs> <laughs> the state of I Israel. mean, actually, that's not fair. Uh, the U.S. is doing better than all but five nations, and it's kind of sad when the U.S. begins to brag that it's number six. Yeah. But the vaccination— no, Way behind uh, that, I'm thinking. No, right? in terms of vaccine rollout, we're actually okay. doing fairly well. We're vaccin- yeah. we're vaccinating, I think, about 2 million I people I think so. The numbers are up everywhere. And, you know, yeah. if, but at the same Very time, exciting. like in D.C., uh, like, and I'll finish this up, is, you know, the mayor's sister died of COVID uh, yesterday, it was announced, which was sad. Oh, it's incredibly sad, her older that sister. Um, and uh, I think it's her only sister. Um it's just uh, it's just the way this entire process from the testing, which I finally figured out at great expense, you know what I mean, to 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 this, to information, to figuring out masks. It's really it's really and I understand it's a pandemic, but for some reason, I have this feeling it does not have to be this. 
hard. It just doesn't. Yeah, but this, and it's not because I just experienced it, but really it is. It's extraordinarily hard. Th- this has brought, uh, sh- shined a real bright light on things we knew existed. You, you, I figured out testing no problem. You know why? Your teacher. I have money. Well, yeah. I had know. someone come to my house to test my whole family. I My kids... School yeah, was testing everybody once a week. And the reality is I live in a different world. And it's one thing, we live in a capitalist society. If you're looking for moral clarity, you're not going to find it in capitalism, but we're supposed to have regulation that doesn't make the Delta immoral and corrupt and bad for our country long-term. And when we refuse to go on a war footing, when we insulate, when we segregate, when we disperse to our homes and we don't have empathy, and when quite frankly, uh, it's not thin, white, rich people dying from the pandemic. We don't show yeah. this virus what America is capable of. This virus has not seen the real America, or I guess you could argue it has seen the real America, and it's really fucking ugly right now. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I was like hopeful. I was like, oh look, it's finally like yay, like it's working, that kind of thing. But that's just the way it is, you know. It's not like tickets for Springsteen when I was. 14 or whatever. You anyway, went to Springsteen? Uh, no, when I was in college, yeah, I did. He was playing really? at Jadwin Gym. In, uh, I would, and he I would was, see he was I not would a take you for a Springsteen week. person. Well, of course I'd go to a Springsteen. I went to a Kansas right. concert. I went to like a Kansas. Journey concert. Sure, when I was a kid. Dave Mason. Oh my God, I'm totally dating myself. I went to lots of concerts when I was young. Kansas, woman. wow. I went to the Go-Go, Squeeze at the Greek Theater. I went to the Clash at the Palladium. The oh, dog knew how to, knew how to roll when he was 17. Went oh, my army jacket. I went to like I knew Dan Fogelberg concerts. That's Madness. Oh, my god. That's what the lesbians went. Did you see these, these things that more young people are identifying as gay and lesbian? Uh, uh, can and, you say more about L- that? Because LG, uh, I can't comment. Trans, bi, everything. They're just, you know, it's so interesting because it immediately, of course, got into a ridiculous Twitter war with a variety of people. But what do you just, make of that? What do you mean? I've heard of They're just of identifying. That's all. They're just identifying. Some people are like, oh, now they're being forced to be trans or they're being forced. No one's being for, or bi or yeah, whatever. No one's holding a gun to their head. No, come on. Like, they're just identifying. And let me just say, someone asked me to talk about it. When, when I ca- came out, it was incredibly difficult and there yeah. was a price to pay. Huge and price. I was silent for a long time, like a long time, and, and didn't identify. And the fact that people are just comfortable identifying is a good thing. And instead, they try to make it into this like idea that the media and uh, uh, LGBT groups are trying to force, uh, plus groups are trying to force others to, other, to declare themselves. It's just, you know what? You have no idea what it was like. You know what I mean? Like, not you. I mean, it's amazing that they've turned it into something, something that's really good, that people are identifying themselves better uh, into something like that they've been coerced. Um, And then there was one back and forth about how uh, lesbians are being, uh, there's fewer lesbians. I didn't even understand it because they, they declare themselves as trans. It just was just like anything that could be good news is taken into a bad place when it gets upon the social media sites. That's people don't uh, people don't re- don't recognize. I think about this a lot. My five closest friends and we all mm-hmm. kind of hung out together. We were you know, you have your kind of circle of friends at UCLA. Sure. All of us in fraternities all living a life that I would describe as frat broish mm-hmm. reeked, of, reeked of testosterone. Yeah. Of the five, yeah. Three of us gay. And I remember saying to them when they came out, like, why would you feel so reticent to have Mm. uh, told me about this? And they they basically said, and they were right. They're like, Scott, you couldn't be gay at UCLA in the 80s. You couldn't. They're like, look at our lives. Look at how people perceived homosexuality. It's not easy now, by the way, from a lot of people. And, And they were absolutely right. There was... 
there was, and and then just about the time we started thinking, well, they love themselves and they want to be loved and they love their children and they're mm-hmm. good and they're patriots and they want the same things. And we started developing some empathy. The AIDS crisis hit, yeah. and and the Republican media started turning them into people who deserved a, a plague. Well, except it did it did um, engage everyone. That's when it I did create like, That's some empathy. Enough. I think eventually not just it empathy. Did. That was anger, is what it created in me. Like that is fucking enough with you people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people yeah. were dying. That changed everything. I thought ACT UP. I was such in admiration of ACT. I know a lot of people have contradicted. They're like ACT UP was so mean. It's like good. You deserve some mean, you know what I mean, you people. Yeah, so it's it, it's interesting. Agreed. It's interesting. Had I, it. I I had like a total move back when I saw all that stuff coming out yesterday. Like, oh, I remember these. It's awful still not people. easy. It's no, still no. not easy. Try being in Russia. Look at how many countries they're trying to declare. Try to be a Repu- an elected Republican leader and be gay. How yeah. many of them are closeted right now because they don't feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone I think immediately goes to very. They cast aspersions on them, and but you gotta say, look, it's still not easy. It's yeah. still not easy to be yeah. in our society who you want to be. Yeah, which well, at, the ba- at the very like basis of America, that's, compared to others, that's what's yeah. supposed to. That literally is what America is supposed to be. I mean, yeah. that is, you know, that is exactly what it what defines America. Is you're supposed to be able to live the life you want to live. It's also yes. the the number one regret of people on their deathbed is they wish they had lived the life they wanted to lead, not the life that their parents or society wanted them to lead. Well, let me just say. If I get a vaccine, I'm going to try to live an identifiable gay life. <laughs> I want, count. you know, the life I want to live. I what? want to live my life You're on a, a table lesbian. with a bottle of ruin our champagne in the Governor's Beach in St. Bart's. You that identify as lesbian, don't you? You that, do. What, Let's what not about get lesbian? into that. You, you identify as lesbian too. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, there's almost He's, nothing. You're nothing literally you painting me into the cancel corner right now. You're painting me into the cancel corner. Like, I want to ask you one big thing. Did you listen to my uh, Sasha Baron Cohen interview? And by the way, congratulations on being mentioned by Andrew Ross Sorkin. I'm throwing you a bone here. This is a bone I'm throwing. So you constantly toy with my emotions, <laughs> and I am not going to go here. Think of me. Think of me. Uh, as someone who plays acoustical de- guitar, depressed yeah. and sensitive. Yeah, that is a lesbian, but go ahead. Keep or, going. or like a Great Dane, big, strong, but emotional and sensitive. By the way, I'm getting a Great Dane. I'm getting a Great Dane. I'm so excited. I can't visit you now because it'll jump on me and it's taller than me. I can't do it. I have all my life, I grew up with a, a Great Dane named Thor. All my okay, life, I've wanted a Great Dane. And there's I'm asking some... about Sasha Baron Cohen, but who looks like a Great Dane? I, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Did you notice he called me a fan? You're trying to gaslight me. Call me a fan at the end. Uh, yeah, that was for you. You and Sasha can ride <laughs> off into the sunset together, as far as I'm concerned. Andrew Ross Sorkin mentioned me. That's yes. my consolation prize. Even interview with Bill Gates. That's yeah. my consolation that prize. That was good. Is Andrew Ross Sorkin You know what? I'm going to let you, at the end of the show, tout your predictions. How about that? How about I do that? Go on. All right. Later in Go the show, on. you can tout yourself. But the fact of the matter is you should listen to the interview. Sash Baron Coat was very yeah, good. We all should. We it all should. Yeah, we should all listen good. to your, your podcast. It, That's they, what that we should do. You'll like it. You'll, let, let me get right on that. Brand, then listen to the let dog mushroom. Me get if you're getting a great Dane, listen to the dog lady. Yeah, no. who, who has, I'm going to listen with my favorite lesbian, Senator dog. Lindsey Graham, and I are going to listen to <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen on Sway. <laughs> That's my day. Oh, he was in with Trump all weekend, the calling up the threatening senators. That was nice. That's my day. What do they got on here? Let's get to the news. I'm done. I'm done with your anyway. vaccine frustration. Okay. All right. Okay. Your I'm done. With, okay. Let's big stories. Okay. 
got a lot of big stories. I just want to note one that we talked about last week, the UK, uh, and Uber one. They are classified as workers, not employees, which is a different designation. And the Uber people call me right away. But nonetheless, it was not a victory for, I said, how, how well that you make, uh, chicken shit into chicken salad. But just so you know, that's a clarification for, uh, Matt. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's get into the big story. Um, As the United States gears up congressional hearings around big tech, let's check in on Facebook and the Australian news content battle. Earlier this week, Facebook reached a deal with the Australian government to restore news content to the platform in his country. Facebook removed news from its platform, obviously, as legislation require Google and Facebook to pay. It's a complicated situation, essentially, uh, news media companies for content. Um, how they do it is quite complicated. Um, apparently, Facebook got some changes as part of the deal. And then we'll see how how it plays out in Australia because it dictates how they deal with media in other parts of the world. Meanwhile, the House Judiciary Committee Antitrust Subcommittee will kick off a first in a series of hearings to explore competition in the digital economy related. Um, so, uh, so, so, so much is going on. So much is going on. And then next month, the House Energy and Commerce Committee will hear from Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg again, Twitter Jack, uh, Twitter uh, CEO Jack Dorsey, and Google CEO Sundar Pichai during a hearing about misinformation on its online platform that's probably related to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Um, I don't know what to say. Just, this is going to go on forever. It feels like, you know, Groundhog Day with these people coming up to Congress, et cetera. There's a lesson in the in the Facebook Australia um, debacle, and that is uh, crisis management. And there's mm-hmm. only three things you have to remember in crisis management, and they typically get ignored when you have kind of groupthink. Uh, and that is one: you have to acknowledge the problem. Uh, yeah. fa- and Facebook never acknowledged the problem. Facebook said Facebook basically said, "No, there's nothing wrong here," and there is. When Media and newspapers are getting the oxygen sucked out of the room because Facebook has basically figured out a way to monetize it to the extent the the and it has monopoly power. And the result is that journalism or the number of journalists has been cut in half in the last 30 years. There is a problem. They didn't do that. Two, the second thing is the top guy or gal has to take responsibility and be seen as addressing it. Mm-hmm. And then three, you have to overcorrect. So let's look at Google. Google acknowledged the issue. This is an issue. We recognize it. Sundar Pichai was the one in the press releases, and they immediately got out ahead of it. And you could argue maybe that wasn't an overcorrection, but they donated or they pledged, I think, like a quarter of a billion dollars to it trying to address it. Boom. They are out of jail and they, they step away the line of fire. What does Facebook do? They don't acknowledge the problem. They have Campbell Brown, who is basically, in my opinion, was a legitimate, likable journalist. And they said, okay, we fucked up here. There is no way to back out of this. There's no way to exit gracefully. So we're going to let you put out the press release, right? Yeah. They, they basically threw her on, on, on the funeral pyre or whatever. They threw her to the dogs here. On and the she Barbie. Put out, they on threw, the Barbie. And did you see the statement she put out? This reflects yeah. our, continued, our continued support of journalism in Australia as we support journalism around the world. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. That must have been about 200 consultants <laughs> Gang banging a sentence and leaving that thing just so, so <laughs> nice tired. And so, I mean, it was just 
That was yeah. the most ridiculous statement. And they're like, Campbell, sorry, we're paying you a shit ton of money. And part of that is we're going to ruin your reputation and your credibility globally. Yeah. And that's what Mark Zuckerberg is, is the Donald Trump of the digital reputation. No one gets out of here alive. Sheryl yeah, Sandberg is an incredibly impressive, competent, charismatic woman. She's not going to get out of this with her reputation intact. It's, she, my sense is she keeps waiting, hoping for some silence. And, she, and it just doesn't come. come. It's not coming. So they have absolutely botched this. They have, they, yeah. and there's a lesson here. Three things in crisis management. Acknowledge the issue, top guy or gal, seen as the person addressing it, and overcorrect. Facebook, 0 for 3. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes around the world. As you know, I, I thought the the uh, bill from Australia was a bit, little bit, um, it wasn't, the best it's bad legislation. Bill. Bad legislation. Yeah. But this idea of what's going to happen in Canada and other places, I'm hoping to talk to the Canadian uh, person who's dealing with this, the minister. Um, but it will be replicated in other parts of the world because people are beginning to understand. Um, what's going to be interesting is is how long these hearings are going to go on before there's actual action. You know, they're just going to examine everything as if we don't already know what happened, essentially. And, and it's pretty disappointing that there isn't like that, that major legislation, but you know, they're, they're not just with the vaccines, with, with everything and with, with approving people for the Biden cabinet, the, the getting going on this thing. And of course the stimulus bill, everything else that has to go in front of it. I think that this is all to the benefit of these tech companies, as we've talked about, um, that they will, um, there's going to be Robin Hood hearings. It's the hearings, hearings, hearings thing. I'm getting a little exhausted by. I just want action at this point, but I'm in an action kind of mood this morning. But I think it's going to happen. I think Stacey Abrams is probably yeah. the most seminal force in in big tech right now. And oh, why? Because she got to she flipped the Senate. Yes. Okay. She flipped the Senate, and now all, right. all the committees overseeing legislation for um, against big tech are now run by Democrats. Yeah. Stacey Abrams is the most significant thing to happen uh, regarding oh. the regulation of big tech in the last. I guess 20 I shouldn't years. tell you. I'll ask her when I talk to her tomorrow. <laughs> you, literally, I expose my feelings to you, and you know what you do? You jab. You jab. <laughs> Look how happy I'm you good. are. Thank you. Look how happy no, you are. No, I'm not happy. I'm not in a good Look mood how, this morning. You're a little Listen, happy. I'm a little, happy. a little happy. I'm excited God to talk to you. God damn it. Andrew Ross Sorkin mentioned me. He mentioned you in front of Bill Gates. <laughs> he mentioned me. <laughs> he mentioned that's, you. You're getting a Great Dane. That's, that's great Dane. Talk Dane. about grasping for emotional straws. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, that's a good point. I'm going to bring that up with her. That's an excellent point. I hadn't thought of that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thought. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say Scott Galloway. How about that? I'll say your name to her and she'll hear it in her ears. How's that? You'd think at my age I'd be more secure. You'd yeah. think. And you'd, you'd, be, you'd be wrong. And you'd be, you'd wrong. be wrong. You would be wrong. You'd I'll be tell wrong. you one person I'm talking to, I just, just so you know, and this has nothing to do with tech, is yeah. the head of Space Force. I'm very excited to be talking to him. Such an awesome name, Space, yes, Force. Space Force. I kind of want to join Force. Space Force. Anyway, getting back, to getting off this planet, uh, getting off this planet so that we have better lives in Mars. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. It just, this is going to go on until there's significant reg- legislation. And, you know, one of the, th- the one things will be around Robin Hood and the SEC and, and the reporting and what happened there and what have we learned and what can we change. And the ones here, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to lead, um, you know, I just don't know. And it's interesting. Apple and Amazon are not in these meetings, Um, obviously not for misinformation. Neither of them are culpable in this, in this regard. Um, But, uh, but they may be back for antitrust hearings at some point. So we'll see where it all goes as we're going forward, but it definitely, 
I think the slow roll is working rather well for these people and sort of they're walking out of the room like they did in Australia. And we'll see how, I think they're going to see more and more obstreperous legislators going forward. Obstreperous. Did you use that word with Sasha? Did you use that word with Sasha? By the way, the big story this morning, and you're usually really good at framing this stuff and I just react and get emotional, is uh, GameStop. Up 250% in the last 24 hours. And there's going to be hearings about Robin Hood hearings next week. Uh, Last week, excuse me. There was last week. And then Vlad Tenoff went on Dave Portnoy's show, show, which was probably a better interview than a lot of them. He refuses to be interviewed by me, by the way. Um, Yeah, that was interesting. You mean Diamond Hands, Dave Portnoy, that uh, claims that stocks always go up? I guess. And has a background in in gambling? Everyone gets interviewed Vlad, but actual reporters. Huh? Yeah, he has a background in gambling. He was his company was yes, acquired I'm by Penn aware, National. I'm aware of how uh, of Dave Portnoy's thing, his act and stuff. But um, uh, what's interesting is that the, the stock is going up. What do you think of that? They're just doing it again. They're doing another this is, run. This is just fascinating. AMC too, right? So there's uh, um, a couple things. One, yeah. um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. You're going to have to give me some running room. Uh, oh, please well, don't. And please don't this. trigger me. Do let not me do use this. the word let Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm going to take a moment. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, instead of talking about net neutrality, we're going to talk about this. I I tell you what's important to me. And you're like, that's nice. I'm going to give you road to run. You're going to let you run. Where's my Great Dane? Great Dane, I'm letting you run. And I, even though Stephanie Rule called you a poodle, uh, you are indeed a Great Dane. Sure. Whatever you say. So we're going to take a She said I wasn't sexy. That hurt. Uh, She did not say that. She said you were more like a poodle, which I thought was so bringing sexy back. All right. I am so bringing sexy back. Scott, we're going to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, GameStop instead of net neutrality in California. We'll mention that also. Uh, And a listener mail question. So let's go to break. And then when we get back, we'll talk about it. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are an APY. APY can change at any time. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, Scott, we're back. Time to run on GameStop. Go ahead. Well, so this is, if you could, you would argue this is an honest pump, meaning that, so for example, Dan Loeb Mm -hmm. uh, took a big position in Yahoo 
uh, got uh, Marissa Mayer to come in. Everyone was very excited. Posters right. that said, keep hope alive, put people on the board, talked about all the potential of Yahoo. Sure. And then put people on the board, and I'm fairly certain the people on the board uh, observed Marissa Mayer and said she is a terrible executive. Yeah. And then proceeded to watch her take EBITDA down 50%, revenues down 20%. And Dan, just as they were starting to take down the Keep Hope Alive posters with a picture of Marissa Mm -hmm. Mayer, got the hell out of Dodge and and sold all his money after uh, sold all his shares after what I would call an honest pump. That's what an yeah. activist does. Yeah, he did. And he these did. individuals He uh, got the previous CEO fired too. He That's was right. Behind. On yeah. what I would argue was to be very, blunt uh, uh uh very fair. You thought that was very fair? What he what, that guy with the with the thing I wrote a lot of those stories, yeah. I think that guy lied about his uh he Red said he had point. a minor in computer science. That's no, where you fire somebody? No, it was somebody? more complicated than that. Okay, fair there enough. There was no Anyways. such course at his college. It was He sort of um, lathered over his resume. Anyways, anyways, Unfair, another talk show. He did another talk show. Lie. So the honest pump of GameStop is a group okay. of individuals, and it's going to be very interesting once forensic analysis is done here. Mm-hmm. I have a hunch, or I, I speculate, Ooh, it's a, a group of people who aren't as retail or aren't as unsophisticated as we think, who figured out algorithms for planting, getting a position, and then catalyzing a lot of chatter and then pumping an honest pump of their position. Or it might be, and also uh, getting people who believe it's part of a movement, maybe want to make a little bit of money, maybe enjoy it, maybe want to learn about stocks, just fine. But here's the thing. It goes to a bigger issue. Okay. And that is volatility. It's, It's sort of intergenerational warfare. And that is volatility plays to young people and is damaging to the incumbent wealthy. And that is the following. When 2009, the reason I'm somewhat economically secure now is because of the volatility coming out of the economic crisis where Apple and Amazon were allowed to fall to yeah. pretty serious lows. I was able to buy Apple at you know basically 11 bucks a share. I was able to buy Amazon at 160. They're all both up 10 to 20X. When you try and reduce volatility, by flooding the market with quantitative easing, keeping interest rates low, or you find this type of volatility threatening and you want hearings, what you're basically saying is the incumbents want to hold on to their wealth because volatility creates risk that current asset holders don't want. And if you're a younger generation that has a little bit of money and quite frankly, not as much to lose because your generation now controls 9% of wealth versus 19, and you see that the game isn't rigged, but it's tilted, volatility isn't as scary to you. Yeah. It's not, so they embrace volatility. Younger people have that profile. Well, not that, but volatility and change. You know what would happen if we let small business be more volatile and we let restaurants go out of business? We would shed skin and a lot of 50-year-old restaurant owners would lose their restaurants, which would make room and opportunity for Mm, 30-year-olds to come in. You're a cruel man, Scott Galloway. Yeah, but unless you let the winds of creative destruction, Gale, unless you Mm. let volatility run wild, Mm -hmm. all you're doing is protecting the existing asset holders. And the younger people are like, we want some chaos. We want some volatility. We would Mm -hmm. like to see Brooklyn real estate prices maybe get cut in half. We would like the opportunity to have real volatility in the market because if it's just we want the markets to go up 4 to 6% a year, that just plays to the existing asset holders. So I think this is a this reflects again greater income inequality and a transfer of wealth from the young to the poor and as a result the young 
are ready to, you know, they are ready to rock. They want volatility. So did you see how they, Jim, Jim Cramer went kind of crazy on this issue? Uh, and see, what did he say? Oh, he just wasn't liking it. He didn't like, he wanted the SEC to get in here and what's going on. And, um, you know, it's just interesting, the different reactions. They're going to gonna come in. This is yeah. getting, this is getting a little bit, a little bit strange. The thing that worries me more, most about all of this is not yeah. Reddit. The thing that worries me most is Elon Musk, uh, and that is the one truism throughout history I think that is that is hard to deny is that power corrupts. And I'm not saying he's a corrupt person, but when one person can start moving, basically Bitcoin is moving towards a default currency. And when one person can take a default currency up or down 20, 30% with one word tweets, that doesn't lead to good places. The reason why America, to a certain extent, our greatness in America is all the checks and balances. And quite frankly, no one person ha has ever been able to corner the market. They get really hurt when they try and corner the market, whether it's the Hunt Brothers and Silver, whether it's you know Carnegie and Steel or what have you. And it strikes me that whether it's seven companies controlling 51% of the S&P by market capitalization or an individual who has this kind of sway over the markets, that's yeah, it's true. It's sort of this cult. It's the cult of personality situation where you have it's you know it's an autocracy does that a lot. They're, those are the sort of hallmarks of autocracy. But you're right. This is sort of there's been a lot of stories about this that I read recently about this cult of how personalities can move things. Here's what uh, Jim Cramer said. Obviously, Jim Cramer is well known stock pundit. Um, he said uh, uh, we. We need uh, fair, deep markets in an evening tweet. We want investing, good investing. We want to trust prices. What happened at the end of the day was a mockery of what was supposed to happen. Where is government? This is what he said, which I think a lot of people got, you know, slammed on. And then he wrote 44 minutes ago, I have been a polarizing figure all my life. So it isn't like I just turned into Jefferson or something. I do my homework. I try to outwork everyone. I say what I believe. And for that, I am hated by many. But I say, game on. There you go from Jim Cramer. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Where, where is Jim he calling for laugh. legislation when he makes a comment about the fundamentals and the stock goes up? Well, he up? himself has been, um, you know, he, he runs stocks up and down, too. Yeah, well, that's, that's quite, my point. Not quite the same we're, way. This we're is just, really The like bottom line else. is the, the incumbent powers are just angry that we don't understand the mechanisms and the mediums that, are, that these, these individuals are using to pump. What I think we're going to find out, though— is that the people who are doing the pumping and organizing it are more sophisticated and more the establishment than William Wallace and we'd like to believe. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I think we're going to find out it was the King's Guard, not William Wallace, who was pumping this shit and making money. And yeah. they're leveraging a movement. They're leveraging this notion of people think they're sticking it to the man. Yeah. But the note to say that to all of a sudden move in and say, all right, if there's systemic risk and volatility, then fine. Let's look at the systemic risk and volatility that hedge funds who are able to short a stock to 140 percent of its outstanding stock, outstanding shares, which I still don't understand how that happens. Yeah, they halted the stock. But again, today. this is the stock's been halted. GameStop's been halted. On this is points. again. And I would argue my my thing, my my word of caution all along is day trading is just a great way to lose money. And so if you're doing it for DOPA, fine. If you're doing it to learn, fine. But don't kid yourself. When you sit down to day trade, you're sitting down at a poker table that doesn't take advantage of time. And two or three people at that table have supercomputers, PhDs, someone whispering in their ear, and they have enough chips to ride out any bad hand. Yeah. So just be sure that, just be clear, you are at a poker table with the best players yeah. in the world. And typically, if you looked at GameStop, I'm sorry, if you looked at Robinhood, they have this thing with the most popular stocks. Yeah. If you just invested 
If you kept buying the most popular stocks according to GameStop, there's been analysis that said you would have lost 80 to 95% of your capital. Yeah. And here's the problem. When we have these platforms that are just, quite frankly, trying to get you to, to create more activity because they sell your clicks, they sell your information, they sell your order flow, then that, that agency or that company is no longer a fiduciary. They no longer have your best interest at heart. They just want you to get to do more and more and more. Yeah. And that's it's, what Robinhood is the new, in my opinion, Robinhood is the new Facebook. It is the new menace. Well, one of the things they, he was, you know, Vlad Denev was all over the place uh, in a lot of places talking about it because he was getting ahead of sort of all the, all the insults that he endured. And uh, after when they closed trading, uh, half of the trading down um, where you could, uh, where you couldn't buy Robinhood stock on their platform. Anyway, it's an interesting situation. And I think the power dynamic is changing. I it just, it's hard to know because you can also almost be on two sides of this thing. Like, well, you do need calm markets at the same time, too bad. Like, this is what it is. So uh, it's certainly going to, It's. we'll see where it ends. We will see where it ends. But I think you're right. Did you run far enough? Do you have enough running room there? Oh, thank you. Thank you yeah. for that. I feel uh, loved. Okay, I feel good. loved. Okay. I feel okay. good. All right. You still have to listen to Sasha Baron Cohen. Anyway, moving on. Let's take a listener mail question. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hey, this is Colin calling from Austin, Texas, where we have had six consecutive days with uninterrupted power. Do you think that companies that have relocated here in the last decade are going to be paying very close attention to what Texas leadership does to prevent another energy failure? If there's more Republican douchebaggery like blaming wind turbines, won't companies consider the potential damage to future recruiting? And won't other tech hubs like Miami leverage this disaster to lure businesses to their cities? Oh, and this question is 54.7% for Scott and 45.3% for Cara. Thank you. <laughs> so primarily for Scott. Primarily, yeah, primarily. For Scott. I think they primarily. were just throwing you a bone. That's called throwing you a Texas bone. I think that's interesting. I like re Republican douchebaggery, but go right ahead, Scott. Do your 54.7%. Look, it, it, there's no doubt about it. Texas gets a black eye here and states like Florida and Texas that don't have, I'm of two minds about this. I used to be, I used to think, okay, anyone that doesn't have a state income tax has really weak infrastructure and really, really weak schools. And Florida, quite frankly, has weak public schools. Again, another transfer of wealth from and the hurricanes. poor to the rich. And hurricanes. And Everybody Texas, has something. Texas comes out of this with a black eye. There's no doubt about it. In terms of his actual question of companies moving down, uh, whether it'll force them to think twice, absolutely not. And you know why? These are the people that are immune from it. These are the people that can take off for Cancun. These are the people that can afford their own generators. So the reason people, the, the great migration in the U.S. is driven by two things, sunshine and low taxes. And what you have is any individual that is sitting on an unrealized gain of greater than $10 million, and there's thousands, if not tens of thousands of people with SPACs and the markets accelerating, thinks, you know what? If I have a $130 million, a $13 million unrealized gain because the stock market's gone crazy or I was a shareholder in a SPAC. Why don't I move to Miami and with my tax savings, I'll buy some big fat fucking house in Coral Gables or I'll move to Austin and buy some amazing home in the same neighborhood where Michael Dell lives on a golf course. So th this, again, again, this stuff really impacts the, the lower income and middle income people. The rich are just fine. They're not boiling water in Austin. 
Well, it's interesting because I, I think one of the things that is true, though, is that you, I've had a lot of people who made there that are like, oh, this sucks, called me. You know, like I was bragging about it. No, I'm not bragging about it. I do think Texas has got to figure out a way to get, you know, uninterrupted power is something, you know, they also have other weather issues, including all kinds of weather issues, and as does California, as does Florida, as does everybody. But I think it shows like it, it, Wall Street Journal had a great story about how much more expensive it's been power in have Texas. you seen what's happened with these floating well, variable that. rate pricing? Not, not just that. They, yep. Over the years, since they deregulated, people in Texas are paying more for power. The Wall Street Journal had a really interesting story. So they think they're being like, oh, we're Texas. We don't get regulated. And they just get screwed. The consumer just gets screwed. That's what happens um, through deregulation. And that these companies didn't upgrade, that they charge more. It's just sort of like, what a deal that you weren't on the national grid or you weren't regulated in any way. I do think it's 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 something that people... It's not great. It's also not great. This is the second year that South by Southwest won't happen. Won't be happening live as well. How much do um, we miss that? I miss I South do. by Southwest a lot. We're going to be happy next year when we go and have a little barbecue together, um, and have to do some lovely things there. But it, it, it's it's definitely a hit to the, that. That, for example, was a really good event for tech, like tech related stuff. And you you and I both went. Um, so I think it's you know Elon's move there, uh, which is interesting. Speaking of Elon. Um, I don't think it's going to be an enormous hit. I just think it's, yeah, it's something okay, but let's Republicans have to think, think about. Why do you think Elon Musk has moved there? Uh, SpaceX, probably. No. Why? It has nothing to do with company. Taxes, taxes. Okay. Okay. Elon Musk has added to his personal net worth the GDP of Hungary. He's gone from $10 billion to $160 billion in 10 months. Oh, it's, it's great to see that rich people are really feeling the pain of the pandemic. Anyways, $150 billion in an unrealized gain because he hasn't sold the stock yet. In California, 13% of $150 billion is, is $19.5 billion. So by moving to Texas, and when I say move to Texas, he buys a home there, he gets a vet there, he gets a dentist there, he registers to vote, and he makes sure he's not in California more than 183 days a year, which, by the way, is easy for him because he's roaming the earth in his Gulfstream 650 or he's in space or whatever he's doing. He gets $19.5 billion. He can go out and say buy William Sonoma and Tiffany. I mean, it's just the amount of the it's very simple. Find everyone with an enormous unrealized gain. And guess what? They're they're they got a hankering for Texas and Florida. <laughs> hankering. Where do you live, Scott? Florida. <laughs> but I moved here when I was poor. I okay. moved here in right. 2010. Okay. I've been paying heavy taxes for many years in both California, D.C. and My New kids' York. grandparents right. are here. That's why we moved there. Oh, I see. It's nice. And but my, I agree with And you. my speech-delayed son couldn't get into a Manhattan school. I the Republicans got to clean it up. You can't have this. Like, you, you've got to clean up that energy market. It's just not. They have their own grid. Won't. It's so strange. There's three grids. There's the Western, well, the Eastern, the, and the Texas. The, it's the, the whole thing's the, strange. All the air got bored. They resigned. A whole bunch of them resigned. This is the board that runs this stuff. It's just, read the Wall Street Journal. I recommend people reading this Wall Street Journal piece because it's sort of like, Look, looky here. This is not, this did not work out so well, the deregulation. Uh, in any case, uh, things are settling. The weather is turning. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it, it, thank you, Colin from Texas. For but but just this question, it's not going to slow. It's not going to slow the okay. migration of companies. All right. I still don't see the Googles and the Facebooks moving yet. That's where I will be like, aha, Oracle moves yet, yeah, whatever. Um, I think that uh, that when you see the very big companies moving from California, that's when I'll pay attention. I don't know if I, I the guy if I was going to predict that one would move, the mm -hmm. one I would predict that'll really rattle everybody. What? Tell me. Uh, Salesforce. Oh. Mark He's Benioff spends a lot of time in Hawaii. Um, 
Well, I don't, he does that already. Yeah, but so why not get anyways? I, I think sales Salesforce Moved and they've embraced the they've they've embraced remote. I don't yeah, know. I that's just think what they've done. That's what they've done. He's a very f- I don't, a forward right. thinker. Also, quite frankly, I think the governor yeah. has his head in the sand around this. Mm-hmm. I think both. I really don't think he's, he's outlined a lot of political challenges. Yeah, but basically, what they what they say is they they break into some when they they're asked a legitimate question around how are you going to stem the flow. Your state has basically become expensive but bad in the eyes of corporations. How are you going to stem the exodus? And quite frankly, Governor Newsom's answers have been a bunch of California blah, blah, rah, rah, rather than saying, acknowledging the issue and saying, this is, this is our three-step program to trying to fix this. I don't, I don't think he's well, done he's a great also, deal of leadership I'm here. not going to defend some of the things he's done, but I have to say he's stymied by the proposition system. There's a lot that stymies governments in California. And they have been doing well for a decade, like under Jerry Brown. Like it's been yeah, – Agreed. It, it, everybody gets, hits, their, hits their wall. Every every state, and so will Texas, by the way, and so will Florida, um, and probably much sooner. Both of those, I think, California, the California sort of miracle went on for a very long time. So I'm telling was, you, Kara, it, it is staggering, staggering. I'm going to an event that the mayor is hosting in Miami tonight, Mayor yeah. Suarez. It is staggering the number of people and companies that feels like overnight huh. have decamped to Florida. It All is right. just. Uh, it, it, well, you give us a report on Monday how that party went. It's not a Just party. Don't get I want to see him speak. I want to see him speak. I get arrested. So, I've never Florida, been arrested. I'm teasing you. Florida's just Florida. Uh, we're going to have a little event down there. I think we're going to have to. You talk to him about that. Yeah. See what we can do and kind of the interesting people we could uh, and, and focus on the future. Mayor Suarez. Dreamy Mayor Suarez. McDreamy. McDreamy Mayor Suarez. Dreamy Republican. Let's see. See if he's all Trumpy. Will you check that out? I don't think he is. He kind I don't of. Think he is. He strikes me as practical and friendly and smart, and well, I like you know, him a lot. Speaking of Trumpy, Trumpy's going to be in Orlando, like trumping it up. Uh, and, no, and let's not even talk about it. All right, we let's won't. Uh, all right, it. Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. I'm going to let you really predict when we get back. Support for the show comes from the Harvard Business Review. You know, there's this idea in business that some people are born to be leaders. You either have it or you don't. But leadership, like any skill, can and should be learned over time. Whether you've climbed to the top of the corporate ladder or are just starting out, you'll find valuable insights at Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business Review is a leading destination for smart management thinking. And on their website, hbr.org, subscriptions are just $10 a month, which gives you unlimited access to the same level of expertise. Things like case studies, newsletters, podcasts, articles written by some of the world's top minds. I use HBR in my research when I do articles or when I'm thinking about what to talk about on Pivot. I find them really interesting. I find them complete. I find them different. And you can find all kinds of industries covered. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. What a bargain. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, save 10% off your HBR subscription. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT. Okay, Scott, prediction time. Every year you make predictions, you make them all the time. And three have come true in 2021 so far. Bitcoin, which was trading at $18, now surpassed 
50 or maybe 60. And there's more companies just announced uh, that they're going to be buying it. Uh, Sonos was at $19 a share and you predicted it would hit 40 and it happened. And also you said Twitter, which was at 40, is now at $60 a share when you said they'd be moving to subscription. So take a little bow and tell me uh, how you feel about each of these things or more stuff. Well, so actually, Twitter's at, I think it's at 70, it's at I'll look. 79. I'll look while you talk. No, it's at 79. I predicted it would go to 70. I was wrong. It's at 79. Anna moved to subscription. That's a novel idea. Uh, look, so uh, Bitcoin has tremendous heat around it. It's, 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 uh, we've, Ooh, we've talked sorry, about $79 that. $79 almost. Yeah, 79 bucks. It's up, up, up 9%. today. Whoa, 78, 78. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And why? Because they said they're finally getting serious about subscription. Anyway. And by the way, if they make an announcement, they should so buy CNN. They should so (laughs) buy CNN. People love that idea. So many people have asked me about that, your prediction. Oh, it makes such perfect sense. AT&T needs to reduce their debt. If you look at what happened to Spotify and Netflix when they announced original content, if Jack Dorsey today announced they were acquiring CNN, the stock that day, that day the acquisition would be paid for in a stock, the stock increase. He could buy it for free right now. Anyway, um, so my prediction, uh, uh, I, I love this notion of who would benefit most. The most accretive actions in history in terms of shareholder value have been one verticalization when you go right into content or you're a retailer that reverse engineers back into the product itself and you go all vertical uh, and also move to a subscription model. And so I'm looking for great brands that could pull an Apple and, and go vertical into distribution like they did with stores or an Amazon. And I think that um, my prediction uh, is that one of the strongest brands in the world, actually, I think it's the strongest brand in the services economy globally and has underperformed all of its peers the last five years and would see an uh, increase of 50 to 70% if they got serious about subscription or going vertical. It's Goldman Sachs. I think Goldman Sachs is going to attract an activist in the next nine months or, or, and by the way, full disclosure, I work with Goldman. I love them. I think they're great at what they do. I think there's a cartoon of them being weird, greedy, caricature Monty Burns people. They have, they have the core asset of any company in an information age. And that is they are seen and perceived in the marketplace by young people as an accelerant. The number mm-hmm. of incredibly talented young people, mostly women now, because seven out of 10 high school uh, valedictorians are women and more women are graduating from college. The number of really impressive young people yeah. that continue to start their careers at Goldman is staggering. This is an incredible firm with incredible assets that has a head up their ass strategy that focuses on transactional deal-based revenues. They go vertical, they buy a trading platform and they start like charging. What? Like what? What trading platform? Oh, I don't know. The one I'm an investor in, Pl- Public. Right. Starts okay. their hat wide. Don't take Robinhood Public. What the fuck are you thinking? Right. Go into trading. Do you know how many mm-hmm. young people would pay 25 bucks a month for advice, education, and investing investing advice and trading opportunities with Goldman Sachs. Call it gold, call it GS Plus. Do a Disney Plus move. Take if their revenue goes to ten percent recurring revenue. And by the way, four hundred of the five hundred Fortune five hundred would pay Goldman between one and three million dollars a year just for ongoing advice. Instead, what happens in a transactional business is when I'm on the board of Urban Outfitters, Goldman shows up and just tells us says anything to get us to buy a company so they can get a fee. When I'm on the board of Gateway, Goldman shows up and says anything that leads us to selling Gateway so they can get their fee. They need to get on the side of subscription revenue. They need to go vertical. The thing goes up 50 to 80%. Oh, okay. Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs 
moves to subscription. What would be in their way for doing such a thing? Traditional, traditional, poor strategic thinking and muscle memory around our model works, <laughs> and we're memory. <laughs> we're paying our, we're you know, we're paying. We've always, we've always swung the golf club this way. We all make good money. Meanwhile, yeah. their shares have underperformed. Morgan mm-hmm. Stanley's overperformed. Do you realize Goldman Sachs is now worth less mm-hmm. than it's worth less than Wells Fargo? It's worth less than PayPal. It's worth less than Square. It's worth less than Airbnb. It has underperformed all its peers on a five-year level, and it has the best brand in the world. It does. The most and talented, it also has beautiful offices. The most talented young people in yeah. the world. So under. Boom. Underperform. That's interesting. A failure of leadership around strategic thinking. A failure oh, of the are board. You going after DJ, DJ, uh, whatever his name is. DJ Saul. You know, I think if, when, when you're talking about strategic thinking, mm-hmm. you have to go back a generation because DJ Soul has actually been quite aggressive in moving into consumer businesses with Marcus, mm-hmm. and also with the Apple Card. I yeah. think he will be seen as somebody who said, "I'm the one that took us to consumer, which is where they need to head. They need to go vertical right. into consumer." Right. So I think he deserves some credit, actually. Okay. But it, this has been the definition of baby boomer encephalitic. I get paid a shit ton of money. I'm going to stick here. I compliment him, but baby boomer encephalitic. Go ahead. Go ahead. Activists going into Goldman. Oh. So, um, and encourages them. And by the way, the best Which way Which activist? To, the Come best on, way to- you know something. Uh, okay. Hold on. I can't go there. Best way okay. to predict the future oh. is to make it happen. The right. best way to predict the future to make it happen. Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs, the most undervalued brand in the world right now. Well, that you just declared war on them. You understand? No, that. I didn't declare war. I'm, I'm going to be a partner with them in this. I love Goldman. They manage okay. my money. I love Goldman. I just think they're undervalued. I just think they're massively okay, yeah, undervalued. Yeah, I like. The, the, I think muscle memory is a very good. That's my takeaway from it. Is people doing? I, I think about that a lot in media. This is the way we do it. Well, too bad. You know, like now this is the way we do. I think you talked. This is your theme today because you talked about it in GameStop. You talked about it here. Muscle memory is what you're talking about. Getting rid of muscle memory. Correct. That's right. Stretching out, stretching those limbs. That's right. Stuff like that. The yoganator. It's very Great Dane of you, I have to say. You like great. that? You like I the Dane. I can't believe you're getting a Great Dane. How many oh, dogs do you have? Wait. Like 80? Uh, no, we have uh, Zoe Arvishla, who is 14 mm-hmm. and a half and is doing well, yeah. really well. Uh, and we have our Puerto Rican rescue dachshund. We think it's a dachshund. Felix, yeah. gangster. Okay, so, so you're, what are you, readying a replacement for your older dog? That's what it is. 100%. She's going soon. She's going. That's, I'm ready for a replacement for you. <laughs> Which oh comes God, first? That's so cruel to have this, this Dane just sitting there. Are going, you planning to adopt to rescue Sasha Baron Cohen? Do you, are you already <laughs> yes. planning this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's 14 and a half. She's such so a sweet girl. So let me ask you one last question. Such I, a sweet who girl. would really make you upset if I got an interview with? Just curious. We're still here. We're still here. <laughs> Who would it be? No, Come I'm, on. I'm done. I'm Who? done. I'm Who? done with, I'm done playing this game. We've Who played it out. Who would just be like, I cannot believe you talked we've, to that person. We've played it out. Just like, asking for a friend. Uh, if if you could get it, the, if I say this person, you have to, and you uh, get this person, you have to put them on our show. Okay. okay? Who is it? Okay. You mm-hmm. know who I would love, who is, I think, an, an incredible role model? Yeah. Okay. Tell me. I would love to have Mackenzie Phillips. Mackenzie I'm sorry, Mackenzie Phelps. Who the fuck's that? Oh, that's from Three's Company. Oh, wait, no, that's from that old show. Remember her? <laughs> Three's Company. From, from One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time. <laughs> that's who I want on this show. 
God, I'm literally, hello. I know. Remember when we froze. first started Grandpa with Dementia? Mackenzie anyway, Scott. Mackenzie Scott. Mackenzie yeah, Bezos If I get Mackenzie Scott, I'm doing a live interview in front of a thousand people. She's you my know? hero. I'm not going to do the uh, whole big, like, look at me giving thing. I'm just going to push money out t- to people who need yeah. it. I like okay. her. I think she has I a lot of I cannot make that promise if I get Mackenzie Scott. I hung out with her many years ago. She's yeah, lovely. Yeah, of course she, she did. is Anyways. lovely. I haven't t- spoken Anyways. to her in a million years. I literally you literally have. said that just so you could get a, that person on sway, right? <sighs> I don't know even how to reach her. You too Honestly, like. Mackenzie, if you're listening, hi, it's Kara again. I'm We're huge fans. the time we spent together. She was my 2020 ago. person of the year. Okay. All right. Well, good. She's really great. What a I thrill for say, her. Let me oh just my say- God. Uh, you were picked a nice her. person, like who who I always liked, who I always thought was a lovely, lovely, smart, erudite person, um, and now is doing really interesting, yeah, unusual things. Plus, she's not things. doing all this bullshit. I, you know what I can't stand? This whole movement towards space. What? Space? Oh, uh, here's I an idea. Here's an idea. I the love most, space. The most powerful people in the world should be talking what? about moving to Mars. They should be moving? talking about making their home a better place. I, well, you know. They think this is how to do it. I, I oh wrote about God. it because those pictures from Jupiter and, and Mars were so beautiful. Did you see those? Yeah, I love the pictures. Literally, you could take like the zoom down to a rock. I was like, I'm looking at a rock 130 million miles away. Pretty Don't you think cool. it's kind of abdicating responsibility for making your home a better place? I don't know. I, I mean, granted, sometimes, to... sometimes mm-hmm. after arguments with my kids, I just want to get in my car and drive. But I decide to actually invest we, in the house versus I'm, I'm different than you. I think we should explore space. I think, But I think it shouldn't be by two billionaires like no. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk fighting it out. I think the, we should all invest in exploring the cosmos, not just for uh, to bet to get our plant, to be a multi-planetary species, but that we that there's things out there that would be great to explore. I know we've made a mess here, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't um, go there. I think That's we should thing. re-explore steel towns and our manufacturing base and the, yeah. the red states and try and reinvigorate them instead of like all this Let sword this. fighting, do you, do you, sword you, fighting with their dicks. I'm always, going to Mars. No, I'm I know going to Mars. There's a lot of issues, but everything's not perfect at home, and you still travel. I don't know. I just think it's part of the same thing. I think space travel. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm. One of my other predictions, and is uh, I think uh, space travel and all the excitement around space. I think it's a technology that's going to end in tears for investors. I think it's expensive and dangerous. Oh, it is expensive. The two, the the Mars mission was two point seven billion dollars. I don't think it's meant to make money necessarily, but we know if they get minerals, there's a lot of people trying. They are, you know, actually, uh, Musk is going to put up uh, an all civilian crew by the end of twenty twenty one. Bezos's Blue Origin, which he'll be focusing a lot more on, people think um, is going to be putting humans in space for orbits at least uh, soon. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I'm I'm on the other side of that trade than you, but I don't know about the money part. Yeah. Okay, that's the show. That is well, the show. I feel show. better. I feel better. That is the show. I'm still on this planet without a vaccine, <laughs> like a lot of people, like way too many people. But anyway, uh, I will get one. I will keep trying. And J and J coming out with a vaccine. They are J and J is coming exciting. out with one that doesn't need to be refrigerated quite as uh, yeah. as much. One dose. Uh, one dose. Yeah, uh, shows a lot of efficacy, which is going to be great. There's all kinds of good news um, in lots of spaces. Uh, Israel. There's one last thing I'll say, we, which I didn't mention at the top, was you know Israel's uh, uh, are showing huge rates of, of uptake, even though there's all kinds of still all kinds of problems there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and then as you said, the J and J one dose has a 72 percent efficient at protecting against. COVID-19. That's pretty great. It's pretty great. Nice. All right. See, we can do things. We can do things in this country and also uh, 
and also interviewed famous people like Mackenzie Scott. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm done. I'm done. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Ernie Indratot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burrows. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. Who gets mentioned by the most lovable Canadian in history? Andrew Ross Sorkin. The dog does. You take it when you get it. The dog does. You take it when you get it. All I got to say, Andrew, is woof.